This episode is powered by Poddex. and fangirls went to another sparkling edition of talking pop it's the podcast on all things pop culture i'm your host the franchise of course joining me is my co-host biko hey guys just remind you we're also we're sponsored by anchor but also want to let you know that this episode is also powered by poddex poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand so whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience to get more engagement you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP for 10% off your first order. You know what? These are actually kind of cool. Right now, Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters just like, our, just like ourselves who want to look to have more meaningful conversations. Pretty much giving fire our podcast, and maybe you want to give fire your podcast as well. You simply shuffle up the cards and ask a question or shuffle up a bunch of cards and you can just give you an episode starting prompt as well and just let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP to get 10% off your first order. Alright, today's episode, pretty much, it's probably going to be kind of like a news-heavy type of episode, like all the gossip that's going on right now, pop culture right now, a lot of big things happening in like, you know, podcasting and video game history right now, and a lot of things that happened yesterday, and of course, um, today being... National Voter Registration Day mm-hmm. as well. So because elections are coming up in November, guys. So make sure you take the time to register to vote wherever you live. All right. But the biggest thing that pretty much kind of blew my mind yesterday was the whole Bethesda, pretty much ZeniMax Media, that course, is the parent company of Bethesda. They just got bought by Microsoft yesterday, and they announced that the deal... <laughs> Is for seven point five billion dollars, man. Like that's crazy. And pretty much that means they get pretty much, pretty much with this game studios, pretty much get all the rights to all the, all the pretty much all the IPs, basically the Elder Scrolls, Fallout. Um, they get 
id software pretty much the doom franchise prey Arca- arcane that, that did like prey and dishonored machine games who did wolfenstein tango game works did the evil within and apparently it's just crazy because it's like it was a straight up bottle it's like you know it's like when my <laughs> like years back after like what, Halo 1, Halo 2, they, like, Halo 1, pretty much right away, you know, Microsoft bought Bungie. Yeah. After, like, you know, how Bungie did, and, of course, it took a while for Bungie, how many years to finally buy themselves out of the acquisition and end up going with, like, Activision. But this is kind of crazy because, you know, there's a lot of games coming out soon from Bethesda Studios, and the problem is, like, I think the biggest thing was right now, it's like, how does that affect? Because now with... Sometimes these studios have like these exclusive deals with game like companies like Sony or Nintendo. How does that affect now that Microsoft now owns that company? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when they bought Mohang, who made you know Minecraft. They bought them as well, and what happened? They end up turning that into a merchandising powerhouse. Um, one thing that that's why I found this article. That's written like an IGN. I just went on IGN. This is from yesterday, but it looks like it was um. It was done yesterday, but I got updated. Pretty much, it talks about it. Pretty much gives like their five cents about it. That basically, what the biggest thing they're afraid of. I don't know if it's gonna be true or not. That right now, that based on you know purchases, maybe you know, the Elder Scrolls Six or, I guess, the upcoming game Starfield. It's called. Oh, or I think they're gonna throw it onto. Uh, they're gonna throw it onto the, onto the new warm up systems coming out. That's just Xbox in general now, because with the whole parent thing. But I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's it's speculation because it's like we're not sure. Yeah, because I mean, I'm so like I said, I'm assuming because they already had these pre contracts made before any acquisition, so I'm assuming they have to honor the contract. So like, say Bethesda has like two games, say for the PS5, there's probably yeah. gonna still release on a PS5 regardless if Microsoft's a home company or not. It's because they already had that like agreement say, hey, these two games we're working on, these two IPs we're working on, we've got a really serious system. Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to be on PlayStation first until like a certain period of time, then Microsoft can slowly get those and release them on, their, on the next console as well. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the points that IGN pointed out. It's like, I mean, it's a good deal. I mean, $7.5 billion for a company, it's like, then you get all these IPs. Especially like especially with Microsoft trying to push like the Game Pass right now. Yeah. Ever since you know, I like it. I mean, I signed up for it already, and it's worth it because for if you already pay, like I don't know how people pay their gold if they pay it for the one year. It's the same thing if you pay for a month. You know, I mean, you're not really saving much. What you're saving, you're getting it fifty percent off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. How often, but uh, as of the quarantine boosting gaming, otherwise I would always pay it monthly. And for five bucks more, you pay, you get the Game Pass, and you get over a hundred titles. And and it, it, mind you, it's limited because it's it's a lot of Microsoft Studio ones. But you get all the Halos are there with the given the Master Chief collections on there. You get all the Halo Wars. You get most Fall of Vegas on there. A couple of throwback Xbox titles, a lot of good arcade titles like Minecraft. Um, you get full seasons of certain things too. So, mm-hmm. um, for what it's worth, you get five bucks and you can just install these things. And so the only thing you're limited by is whatever titles they put up on the pass and how much storage you have on your system. Otherwise, I don't. Uh, 
I don't see it as being. Um, I think it's only going to boost people to want to pay for the Game Pass. I don't know why people wouldn't now. If you, I mean, mm-hmm. I know fifteen bucks isn't isn't the most expensive thing. It is something to consider. Fifteen bucks a month on something, considering mm-hmm. there's other things you probably subscribe to for entertainment wise. But fifteen bucks and you get access to all these games. I mean, I'm just rolling through all these different games. I and you get to test them out before you want to go ahead and buy them. Right? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, you install them, and it's only as good as how much you're paying your pass, but if you have every intention of buying the pass every month, why the hell not? And you get perks, um, and with you get Microsoft Awards that way, which you can use on other things, such as paying for a free month of Game Pass. So you can save yourself, like, with by just playing what you're doing already. And I hate to make this as a Microsoft ad, but, like, um, for Bethesda, I think this is a good move for Bethesda. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's not bad, yeah, because then you're gonna get a lot of the titles available on Xbox Game Pass. The one thing, like, this is the one point. Well, let's talk about the time exclusives. Right now, Arcane's developing Deathloop, and Tango Studios is working on Tokyo Ghostwire. But it says right now they're right now it's confirmed that those things are still gonna be time PS5 exclusivities. They are gonna have time for those first because they already were developing for the PlayStation Five in mind. So it's like it's. We'll see. Um, pretty much, you know, it, it's gonna. It's like I said, it kind of changed the whole landscape. Now it's like you know, now at Microsoft, they're growing big with getting these small studios, yeah. getting these big developing studios because you know they're trying to be in it. They're trying to be like they want to win the war because it's like it's the big war. Nintendo, you know, they're 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 still staying strong because the one thing that they have over my of uh, over PlayStation and Xbox is the whole portability and mobility of their products. You know, with the Switch being, you know, you can get either, you can go with the Switch Lite, you can take it anywhere with you, or be take the hybrid, which is the regular Switch, where you can play at home, or take the option of taking it with you, and a lot of games you can get there, and plus they got a lot of indie games, because it kind of helps with the people that some of those games did appear on Steam, or they're on mobile games, it's like, mm-hmm. helps as well, and of course, you know, Microsoft putting, this is like a $75 billion investment into the studio as well, just to get, you know... Obviously, that's the one I think too. Just again, I'm ahead of the competition when it comes to exclusive like titles. Yeah, you know, especially with having the core fan bases, the Elder Scrolls, scare, the Elder Scrolls series. You know, with Skyrim being ported so many times, it's like yeah. And now with the Elder Scrolls Six, we'll see how that goes. It's like having that. You know, the Doom got rebooted and Fallout as well. Having those exclusives, those big exclusives as well. It'd be interesting to see how that's going to be going moving forward. Uh, one thing they pointed out was um, t- uh, executive producer Todd Howard apparently is still is still like he's been with this company for twenty five years and it looks like he's with the bro acquisition looks like he's probably locked in to stay with that company and probably be like the liaison between them and Microsoft mm-hmm. because they need to have somebody with that experience to help with you know you know ease like you know people in you know yeah. It was me 25 years of that company, and that was a private company, and him being there for so many years. It's interesting to see, um, because, you know, it's like, you know, when Microsoft bought Bioware, when Bioware got bought out by EA, and a lot of the, the big heads, the co like, they even, like, said that they even compared, like, right now, he said he's locked in right now. They didn't say he's going to walk away, but it looks like he's probably going to be there depending on how long his contract's going to be. And he'd probably be with Microsoft, so I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft's probably going to negotiate a contract with him to stay on. As being, you know, hey, you know, you ran with this for so many years, 
it's nice to have somebody already is with that company to help help us out since we just really you know we acquired you. Um, that's what happened when like they hopefully like they're well what IGN is saying there hopefully doesn't become like what happened when Ray Mizuka and Greg Zizek both left Bioware after EA bought Bioware. They left after like five years. After co-founding Bioware, who, come on, they brought, you know, Jade Empire, they did the Battlefront games. No, that's Pandemic games. But Bioware had the Mass Effect series, but of course, being bought by EA. So, we'll see what happens with um, the Todd Howard, see how long he'll stay with Bethesda after, you know, this acquisition. Like I said, right now, because I think what happened was, another thing they pointed out too, I think with Microsoft... With Microsoft Game Studio, like, instead, you know, they went with this. So it was apparently there were, like, I guess there were rumors or possible talks that, you know, AT&T was trying to sell um, Warner Bros. Interactive. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to this article, they said that supposedly did the deal come out after Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment came off the table? Yeah, because with AT&T round, like, with AT&T um, acquiring Warner Media. Acquiring pretty one me its assets like DC, HBO, all those things. They acquired they acquired a huge amount of debt. So that's why they're going around trying to sell like things off, trying to you know get that money back, get that investment back. And one thing was you know possible talks that supposedly you know Water Brothers was trying to sell like ATT was trying to sell off Water Brothers Interactive Entertainment, which includes you know Rocksteady Studios, Monolith, and NetherRealm. And there were talks that apparently, I guess it never went through. Then Microsoft never went through, so I'm thinking, since Microsoft couldn't get it, they ended up jumping into the next big studio, which is Bethesda. Hmm. And another thing, too, they did point out that pretty much with it now, basically, you know, how PlayStation has Square Enix, you know, Final Fantasy series and all that stuff. Now with Bethesda being under you know X under Microsoft family, now they're pretty much going to be the home of Western RPGs because now having you know Bethesda Game Studios, they're going to have the Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield, Avow, Pillars of Eternity, the Outer Worlds. Like they got all these studios because they got Bethesda, they got Obsidian, got In, In- Exile, and Playground. And those IPs, man, you know, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield, Avowal, Pillars of Eternity, The Auto Worlds, Wasteland, and now Fable. Imagine having those expansive RPGs, man. It's like, like you said, you had the Game Pass. Now that that is under the table, it's like these RPGs now will be available to play on Game Pass because now pretty much Microsoft is trying to go into more into the Western RPG market, which honestly has never died. It shows that when RPGs, when people think of RPGs, they go to Japan. Because Japan were the first. I mean, yeah, the West had, you know, RPGs too. Because Dungeons and Dragons, I would say, became was the first typical uh, role-playing game. But started as a tabletop. But as, as far as, like, video game-wise, you know, Squaresoft, before it became Square Enix Studios, Capcom. A lot of these, like, big studios were the first ones to create the whole role-playing genre. And then, of course, like, like these studios like Bioware, Pandemic, and, you know, all these other studios were inspired by Square Enix. They were inspired by 
Capcom to come up with their own role-playing things because they were inspired by them because they were playing them as a kid. So now it's like now Microsoft's going to try to be the big name in role-playing games as well because, I mean, if you go look there, they didn't have much role-playing games on Xbox to begin with anyways. Not a lot, but I don't know. We have all the fables, but yeah. Not a lot to go off of. Yeah, but it's just like Fable was like the only big winner for them in your comparison to like PlayStation that had really good con- deals with you know Square Enix because they had the Final Fantasy series, they had you know them under their belt, and then like there's so many and there's a lot of JRPGs only on PlayStation because of course Jeff Sony being Japan, a lot of studios like especially Bandai Namco, one of the big companies that do a lot of JRPGs. And here's the one here, the last point they brought in this article from IGN was, any argument against Xbox Game Pass is null void. <laughs> basically saying now, it's like, basically they're saying, you can't really argue against Game Pass, because now, like I said, now with this going on, once Xbox Series uh, X and PlayStation come out, of course the Game Pass, expect you know, the big names to appear on day one. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't really argue, because now you got, you got Wolfenstein, you got Doom. Plus now you got Fable, Halo, and all that stuff. So it's like you got all those properties under one belt. So we just got to wait and see. And one thing too, today, I think today was like, um, today I think the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S were both going on for pre-orders today, I think. Yeah, it started at 10 a.m. over here at least. It's been long. So I think, Beagle, what do you think this whole like acquisition? You think, you know, it's going to pay off for bit of that stuff being with Microsoft? Yeah, I mean, they just need to make better games again. They need to go back and pick themselves up from what Fallout 76 was and try to hopefully bring back new new titles or new expansions to their previous series that they brought. Maybe some new Elder Scrolls, maybe another Skyrim-esque type game, maybe another Fallout, maybe a better one. Uh, who knows? But this can take years. Uh, but it's good that Microsoft's going to come and... I guess you can say pump up, uh, pump up their their pockets on, on maybe being able to invest more in the development side of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I mean, they're not going. It doesn't hurt them. It just maybe we'll see if they don't play the power struggle to where they don't want to release a PS4 and PC, which would just be stupid because you're just limiting your profits right then and there. But. Um, I, don't, I, I just see it as a good move. They just need to not drop the ball this time. Hopefully Microsoft will give them the money to do so. To not to not fuck it up this time and give us a mediocre game. Because they're always with, not without their faults when they release their property, properties. So, I don't know. I think it's a good move. Uh, for, especially for Microsoft's part. part uh, considering they want to really make a... Still want to make a, a solid... A threshold in the in the video gaming industry as a whole, and I think this is a good move to do it because Bethesda is a big studio. Yeah, and this is the one the rumors are saying. Um, pretty much, um, one thing they said the rumor was that now that you know after this per after this like purchase that people are afraid like now. That, you know, the big rumor is well, about those exclusives. That, like I said, I said earlier, those exclusives that, you know, Bethesda was developing for for the PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the biggest rumor. Are they going to go back, go with Microsoft? But according to Phil Spencer, he said that Microsoft will honor the PS5 exclusivity agreed for Deathloop and Ghostwire, Tokyo. 
and future Bethesda games will appear on Xbox, PC, and other consoles on a case-by-case -case basis. So that means it's going to determine. Mm. Apparently, um, this is what the Bethesda Senior Vice President, and this is from IGN as well, a global marketing behind said, we're still working on the same games we were yesterday, made by the same studios that worked for several years, and those games will be published by us. The move high in space is because Microsoft has Microsoft access to resources that will make us a better publisher and developer. So far, they said right now, there's no thing about saying if they're going to be part of Xbox some game studios or they're going to be on their own or just under the umbrella. But it looks like they said that, that was the biggest thing was, you know, these exclusives are developing for it. But it looks like they're going to, like some Microsoft said, they're going to honor it. You know, they'll do it just based on the contracts. Like I said, it's kind of hard when you already have an agreement to go against the contract, you know. But they said they're going to do it, but now it's going to be more on case to case basis. So now it's like it's going to be determined by Mark. So, hey, you're going to replace it on our, our systems or are you going to release it on PC as well? Mm -hmm. So now it'll be determined by them. Another thing, too, um, Elder Scrolls Online. Because <laughs> even though it's not on... Uh, I don't believe it's on the... On the Xbox One, but it says here for right now it is going to remain on the PS4. So it's like you will be able to play it if you currently have the Elder Scrolls Online PS4, you'll still be able to play it. It's not going to be moved out or be removed just because, like I said, Microsoft bought the Vesta. Mm -hmm. It says here in the article, also on IGN, that they said Elder Scrolls will continue to receive support on PS4. So they're still going to be supporting it. They're still going to take care of all the bugs and stuff. But it'll still it'll, be, it'll still be out on the PS4. Because I mean. Xbox has like Fantasy Star Online. <laughs> and they started in Online 2. I mean. As an MMO and stuff. And of course Fortnite and all that stuff. But. So. Yeah. So. Like I said. This is like something that's like. A big thing. Big shock to everybody in the video game industry. That's like. Oh wow. But. We'll see. Like I said, it was like that when they bought Bungie years ago. Or when EA bought Bioware. It's just, like I said, or Activision got Bungie when they developed, you know, Destiny and all that stuff. We'll just see how long, like, the partnership is. And hopefully, like I said, the con the quality of the games won't be, you know, won't receive a downgrade ever since they got acquisition. Um, Let's see here. This could probably be a news-heavy episode. <laughs> um, Pico, uh, do you have anything before we move on from Microsoft and Bethesda before we go on to the next topic? Uh, no. No. Okay, now, like, this whole episode is about rumors and gossip right now. I think the big thing that right now is the whole Spotify and Joe Rogan thing. Mm-hmm. Because there's been things going on where I don't know if it's going to be true or not, but there's been rumors going around that a lot of people in Spotify is trying to urge the CEO to to have them give them like control to edit the episodes or have some kind of control over the Joe Rogan experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you found any articles about it because I just found it like on Reddit or something. There was something mm -hmm. on Reddit, so I don't know if it's true or not, or there is any credible credible evidence that proves that that's what's going on. Um, yeah, there's a, I'm gonna, there's an article on independent.com that pulled it up saying that, um, this move has been, oh, this is, 
they're, I guess they're condemning his move by um, by fans over the right wing censorship claims on on um, Spotify's platform since a lot of the creators have been uh, taking the task and to the I guess you could say the VP of Spotify to take all that and to censor some of his episodes that may be talking about certain things. Um, but it said when they made the announcement back in May. Uh, they after they saying all the episodes in the past would be available on Spotify after its first after September first launch. However, fans claim that a number of past episodes have not been added to Spotify, many of which feature appearances from far right far right figures, including Milo Yiannopoulos and Alex Jones. Considering that that's not his whole catalog, after he was saying that we're doing a licensed deal and that was going to be his whole backlog. Which, this was the problem a lot of um, independent podcasters alike and his colleagues were saying, is that you were going to face this, Joe. And that even his own friend, Joey Diaz, wanted to Twitter and make fun of him, <laughs> on it, saying this is what was going to happen um, once you put all of your shit on there. And uh, it's, it's funny because... Mm, for Joe to always be sucking against that and calling out Twitter for doing stuff like that with their own, taking out people with far-right ideologies and stuff like that, or mm-hmm. controversial voices that that, gain, that garner some attention in the public forum. And he, they were constantly saying that, that like if you put your stuff on Spotify, they're going to try to control you, man. And it's like, no, it's a licensure deal, and look at this. When you have your own tech workers in there saying, oh, we're offended by this thing, it's like some... Topics such as transphobia, um, I think he was talking about the other stuff, even the transphobia thing really refers to him not liking it in sports because it, it, it ignores the fact that the, that the person is still biologically born with the same, I guess, abilities as a, as a male to start off with. Mm-hmm. And then saying to see, to see that in sports is wrong because it just doesn't seem right. I'm butchering obviously his point. Go listen to his episode mm-hmm. if you are in he brings in some valid points when it comes to the sporting realm, and he talks and consistently says, "I'm saying this as a person who participates in, and and obviously he works in the UFC. Everyone knows that, and and he's a martial arts expert. Like he's and this, and we've seen it with our own eyes. A UFC fighter, MMA fighter, Fallon Fox, fucking broke this girl's skull. And Fallon Fox, you don't know, is a transgender athlete who was kicked out of the UFC for that." Um, considering that they were transition transition um, from male to female, but they didn't do the surgeries. They weren't. There was, you know, still had testosterone. Like we're not. Let's let's be here. I'm not transphobic by any means, but mm-hmm. let's, I'm just. This is based on science and, and biological fact. Like that was still a a person who identifies as a female, that is still walking around with the same hormones, built up in structure of a male. What do you think is going to happen? Like, in this, just so they can get more, uh, I guess you could say, notoriety and clout and getting, because they're just ripping through the divisions. That's all that Fallon Fox fighter, mm-hmm. ripping through it. So now we see that, um, at least pertaining to this article, which Joe has always gotten criticism for, of having more right wing type of people on his podcast as opposed to left, which is not true because he's had people on the left as well and people in the center. Um, he's had Bernie Sanders, he's had uh, Kyle Klinsky, he's had um, um, Matt Taibbi who writes for the Rolling Stone. He's had left 
left-leaning people who participate in stuff like this, who that's they, they work in. So I'm not surprised that this is a thing. Um, and another thing I, this article points out is that it says that there's also absent episodes featuring the comedian Chris D'Elia, who has said in the statement in June that he has never known, never knowingly pursued any underage woman at any point, which uh, he's still going through the emotions back a couple months ago when he announced he was messing around with, uh, he was texting uh, underage girls and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> they even went on to say that even a Rogan fan tweeted that Spotify 86, the Alex Jones episodes, plus more controversial guests in the early hours of September 1st, leading to many other right-wing fans claiming that episodes have been censored. If you know what that term 86 means, it's a famous thing in the service industry, um, bar, or restaurant, when, they, when you say you want 86 something, that means you don't have it and don't put it, don't say you have it, we're not cooking it. Mm-hmm. We're not making, we don't have, because we don't have it. We're taking it off the menu, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, and then the apparent missing episodes has led to many of the Rogan's fans demanding answers and threatening to ban the show altogether. Um, some people are claiming to uh, one Reddit commenter, Joe is dead to me if he doesn't address this. This goes against his we need to talk to everybody shtick. I'm not interested in listening to curated podcasts by his employer. Which, um, another point, another person added, Joe sold out. It's coming to you. It's coming to us as a surprise, but this had to be a part of the plan. He could talk to talk as a free speech advocate all he wants. But when push comes to shove, he took the money and agreed to be censored. Pretty disappointed, but whatever. As part of his deal, the radio personality will produce podcasts and accompanying videos for the platform. So towards the end of 2020, his show will be made exclusively a podcast, meaning that the listeners will no longer be able to tune in on other platforms such as Apple, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Rogan's YouTube channel will remain intact, albeit will no longer publish full episodes of his program. So for the people who watch his we're leaving it in the background on YouTube because, like, his clip channel, his channel is pretty good at that. You're only getting clips, which is fine. Some people digest. Yeah, because like I went on Spotify and pretty much now it, you can wa- you can watch the video on yeah, there. It's the so you have the option of both. But that's what like that's what Spotify is trying to do. Yeah. Like, I'm not bashing Spotify at all. It's just the whole. I think a lot of people are saying, "Oh, because Rogan's turned out." But yeah, I think too. It's like they had to offer him something that he felt, you know. With this, like, a lot of stuff going on right now, it's like, you know, the pandemic kind of affected everybody right now. It's like, right now, this is one way to get messed across, but it's like, maybe it's because of all the stuff, all the people that he had, it kind of sucks because it's then you pretty much, this is the whole thing about, you know, erasing history. You're erasing stuff, and it's like, and kind of, I feel bad for, like, the people that listen to Joel Against since the beginning that they didn't get a chance to relive those episodes again. Yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of, like, erasing history. I understand, you know, Chris Ella right now, he, you know, he's being accused of it. That sucks. But at the same time, hey, it's his mistake. He did what he did. He has to pay for it. But at the same time, it's like, you know... You got you're racing that he was on that show, or like you said, Alex Jones on the far right. It's like, it's like now you're it's like now Spotify's trying to be political. I don't think they're trying to be political. I understand they're just trying to build a platform where they're they're trying to invest more, not just being just the one music service. They want to you know expand everything. So it's just like podcasting, you know. They want to because now you got companies like Amazon and all they're trying to they're trying to jump on the podcast bandwagon as well. Like, they're trying to expand on their Amazon music service by offering podcasts as well. Same thing with iHeartRadio. 
our radio. They have stations, but they also have podcasts. So it's like, it's just, Spotify wants to be up the game on everybody, you know, who can we pull to be like the biggest, you know, pod, one of the biggest podcasters out there, Joe Rogan. Why don't we get him to sign this exclusive deal? And that's what they did. But at the same time, I mean, I'm surprised. I don't know if I'm surprised Joe, Joe has not said anything about it. No, he hasn't. Um, which, I'm not surprised. Like, it's funny because uh, this particular article quotes towards the end on a statement he released in May regarding the deal. And he's just saying, it will be the exact same show. Which I remember him saying on the podcast. I'm, going, I'm not going to be an employee of Spotify. We're going to be working with the same crew doing the exact same show. The only difference will be it will be now available on the largest audio platform in the world. Nothing else will change. <laughs> yep. That's what they do to grease you to get in there. And then once they have you, they're and and the exclusive deal was juicy, man. Look, who's gonna turn out a hundred million dollars? He's not thinking for himself. He's thinking for his family. Yeah, on the road for his children. He's yeah, because right now with this know, going out, who knows? Yeah, because like, it's not that many gigs right now. We, like Bill Burr. Like these people aren't hurting for money by any means. He's not hurting for money. He's got the biggest podcast in the world. Other stand comedians who are who are famous are hopefully are doing other things such as Bill Burr doing a lot of other shit. But like with this stuff, it's kind of sad because it's like he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to. I understand. I'm sure they were greasing him. And a hundred million dollars is not easy to turn down. No, it's not. It's a lot of it's fucking lot of, money. Yeah. I mean, he left California. I'm not saying he left. That was the only reason why he left California. I would, I'm hoping he one of the reasons that factor in is to save himself the tax money on that fucking check. But like. One of the reasons, too, was to, to leave that and to come to this because of the way California shut down things and, like, for him, the independence thing and his lifestyle and, and albeit how he wants to manage his business as far as podcast is, that's one thing. But you you also brought a lot of your friends over to a whole other state to do this sort of thing. And then within the first week of it essentially being on, we'll say a month, we're on the 22nd of the month, and this already went on Spotify kind of by the first uh, if and for new people on their algorithm to go on there mm-hmm. meaning he's the biggest he's the biggest fish in the pond there already in the game and then he's already in Spotify so for him if if he doesn't come out and say anything I'd be not I wouldn't be surprised but if he comes out and says something it's not, I don't think it's going to help the situation because what is he going to say that already isn't going to piss somebody off if for people are being pissed off for for not having certain guests on and for having certain guests on and for tar- talking about certain topics where they're not even listening to the whole thing. They're only getting a little bit pieces without the context. It's like going being late to your class in college. Mm-hmm. You know what the fuck you missed in the first 15 minutes? Yeah. And you're sitting there like an idiot trying to figure out what page. It, that's exactly what you're doing when you're jumping into a podcast. You're assuming you know what's happening. It's like when you go to like it's like when you go to the movies. Yeah. It's like you miss like the the first ten minutes of the film and then you're like basically lost, like what the heck happened? It's kinda like that type of effect. It's like you know, they always say it's better be on time for movies or you're gonna miss like the the first ten minutes. And it does, yeah, because those first ten minutes does play a factor because you're pretty much lost what this movie started off with. Mm-hmm. So now you gotta sit there and pretty much Watch the whole thing unless you have to go back a second time just to find out what in those 10 minutes that you miss. So I get what you're saying. Because what, I mean, like I said, I'm not knocking Spotify. They're great. I love you know, the music section they have and the podcast section they have. But it's like that having certain episodes, I understand. 
they put Spotify probably said it. They probably did. They probably stated it. But as of right now, nobody in Spotify has said anything yet. Like I said, Joe Rogan has not said anything yet. Right now, you can say articles. About this. Right now, this is all about gossip and stuff. This is basically what it is. Right now, these articles are written. They're just getting whatever gossip. They're trying to get somebody from the inside to say, hey, this is what's going on. But for Spotify not saying anything, not releasing a statement on it, or Joe Rogan saying anything, it's like right now it's just a rumor. But maybe there was something going on. Maybe they had a meeting and they say, hey, these are services we're not going to show because of what's going on. And by Joe's like, okay. But at the same time, it's like, I don't, I mean, yeah, the, it was a good money deal, but we don't know what the terms of that deal is. Joe can say, hey, they let me do what I want, but at the same time, it's like, who knows what's in that deal? Yeah, and, and, and frankly, uh, and you got to look at both sides. Spotify is a private, it's publicly owned company, technically, because you have shares in the stock market. But they're, on paper, they're still a, a private, they're a company, they're not a government entity, they're a, they're a company. That's owned. That was started off as an LLC, probably. Well, they're in Sweden, but they have the rights to host whatever they want on their platform. They don't have to have. They don't have to have this person. They don't have to have this specific episode. Obviously, he can give them whatever they want, but it's their choice to host whatever they want on their mm-hmm. platform. Just like when you get a PS4 game, they don't have to have every game on there, or Nintendo doesn't have to have every fucking game from the whole history, even though they should, but they don't. It's because of licensing. It's a, right, but it's their. But they reserve the right to have that. So that's why. This is probably why I'm not. You're not going to hear anything from this from Joe. Like, and if he says something, he says something. But that's why I'm on that camp of it's just going to make things worse because it doesn't. It's not going to make it any better. You already have people complaining about all these other fucking mess. And then if you're going to start asking them why they didn't honor the whole I'm going to upload everything to Spotify it's like yeah but we reserve the right to not to pick and choose because mm-hmm. it's their platform at the end of the day you don't have to host your shit on there this is why Patreon is a thing this is why I encourage Patreon instead of signing your networks all the time this is why it's a thing because no matter what even I know Patreon's taken off people in the past too but at the, for the most part they've been very lenient on a bunch of shit but you're left to the whims of the people who want to donate to your stuff you know, to your whatever you provide, to your content creation. That's what. That's what. That's why there's hosting platforms like that around. Spotify isn't the only player in the game. You know, I mean, as funny as it is, I, mean, I can see OnlyFans going through that route too. When people, if like they add a a podcasting portion, I wouldn't doubt people would go on OnlyFans if people. I mean, if people were making money doing other shit on there, like if if somebody went on there and you can upload, that'd be crazy. I would. I could see people paying for that. If they're already paying on for Patreon, already a month, yeah. and you can upload the episodes on there. That's why that. That's why that. Uh, I feel like that platform is very successful too. Is because you have the option there too, where you can condense your show there. Now, obviously, Joe didn't need one. He had the biggest. He has so many downloads, but that's that's why I'm just like, all right, well. This is what happens. You got. You have to. He has to play their game now. He's mm-hmm. an employee. He's not an employee on paper, but he's under their contractual obligations for him to for him to submit a product, and they can package it how they want it. That's that's what he's doing. Sure, the people producing it's the same, but it's not packaged the same. Just like the Coca Cola you buy at Walmart doesn't look the same as you buy in Target, right? Same product, but it could be in a different area of the store. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what Spotify's doing. Oh, well, we don't have that episode. Because we don't need to have it on there. But go on YouTube and find it. It'll be on YouTube, guys. It'll be on there. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, like I said, it, I'll, I'm trying to say right now is I am not knocking Spotify because, you know, Anchor is under their umbrella. So I'm not knocking them. They've been really good to us. So it's like, so far, they've been really good to us. I'm not knocking them. It's just, no, no. it's not, well, like, I'm thinking it. people that copied, they all think differently. Yeah. It just depends on, like, what the the, what the heads say, if he wants to go with it or not. It, it could be that, because they're going to be surprised that a lot of these companies usually are not one-minded. Like, they each have their own opinions on certain things, and they don't agree. Sometimes they'll say, hey, I don't agree with this, I'm out, you know? But like I said, with Spotify right now, it's, I bet you right now it's like a 50-50, you know, battle right now. But at the same time, they're probably thinking, you know, they're looking at the, also the public as well. Like I said... I mean, what I like about Spotify is it's pretty much, you know, what kind of helped me too was like I get to see like all, all these anime music stuff being available on Spotify, which is kind of cool. They start adding a lot of like anime playlists and stuff, which kind of are adding a lot of like music from other countries as well. So it's kind of cool because you get to experience the same music as, you know, for me, you know, having the Cowboy Bebop playlist on there, that's kind of cool because now I get to experience the same music that you listen to in Japan and got to listen to, you know? And so they would, like, you compare it to like Netflix. Because right now Netflix is having that controversy right now with that one movie or documentary. What's a movie? Uh, Cuties? No, it's not that documentary. It's a movie. It's it is a movie, right? Yeah, it's a movie. It's not a documentary. But look at that. They're facing flack as well. Well, it's because it should never been made. Yeah. It's stupid. The bad attempt at trying to be, trying to, trying to shine a light on something that's terrible is sexualizing children. And what do you guys do by sexualizing children? Fucking idiots. But hey, that's, on, that's Netflix for... I'm not surprised. I, I'm not surprised. It's Netflix. Like, when do you... Can somebody... Like, what... Who, whoever's in that room thinking this is a good idea... Like, this is this is a perfect... That's like a perfect topic to, to make a documentary on. And to expose that and how terrible it is that... That, like, children are getting sexually trafficked and, 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 and shit... Like, it gets made like this is basically pedophiles what dream to stroke off of. And, and we get this stuff. But, hey, it's Netflix. Uh, they need... To, and, obviously, the campaign's been going around to cancel it. They can't... To take it down. But they're not taking it down. Uh, so, all I ask is... Watch it what you watch. You choose to watch it however you want. But, man, that shit's... Yeah, and it's the same company that recently, yesterday, they canceled uh, Dark Crystal. <laughs> after one season. But... It's the same company? Yep. That made that one, too? Jim Henson made Dark Crystal, but Netflix canceled it after one season, like they always do. Yep. They always do. They always cancel after uh, one season. They don't let the show grow on or get more of the story. But like I said, it's like it's a, like it's just interesting how that goes on. But uh, one thing too, I just saw right now. I'm just going through comicbook.com. It looks like Supergirl, the show on the CW, is going to end after its upcoming season. After six seasons, looks like it's coming to an end. This upcoming six season Supergirl was set to premiere in 2021 at CW. Will be the show's swan song, according to a statement released by the network. So it looks like it'll be a 28 episode final season. And pretty much that's it, because of course they're gonna. Um, you got Superman Lois coming out soon as well, and Batwoman. You know, they're going through like a casting change for the lead, and wait and see how this is gonna end as well, because it's like. And of course, you know, the big thing too, because it's kind of leading up, it's like, 
right now with um, the DC Universe service right now is slowly mm-hmm. on its way out because, you know, with, you know, a lot of shows and programs that were under the DC Universe um, streaming app is moving over to HBO Max. Like the Harley Quinn cartoon show, like the um, Doom Patrol, a lot of stuff's moving over, so it's like almost the end as well for HP, um, DC Universe streaming service. Um, I was going to say, one thing I just saw, like, yeah, oh yeah, um, you know, we didn't see trailers for Mandalorian. Freaking, was it the other day? Watching football, American football. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they show a quick TV ad for Mandalorian season two. I'm like, dang it! It's like, I didn't want to see the trailer. I wanted to be surprised. And I had no choice because the freaking beers were on. And I had to see. <laughs> we seen, well, I think it was like a 30 second clip. So it wasn't like the full trailer. But now it's like, dang it, now I'm waiting for October 3rd to come, <laughs> come along and. It's like, right now, you know, Disney's going on in with the merchandising for the Mandalorian because now, like, they made a collaboration with Lego, so now you can build a Lego thing of the of the child, or Baby Yoda, as the fans are coining it. And, yeah, I can't wait for season three. And there's been, like, rumors going around that either Pedro Pascual <laughs> left the show midway to season two. Supposedly there was, like, a rumor going around, but has not been confirmed because, uh... Supposedly they were saying that. Supposedly he walked out because he didn't like. The, supposedly he hate being like wearing the helmet the whole time, where he was outside wearing it. But it, that's like no, that's not true because that's what he signed up for. That's what he signed up for. <laughs> but it's like it's just it's just crazy. And then of course, um, WandaVision released on Sunday. The trailer for WandaVision is still slated for um this year because yeah. um, they had the Emmys. Um, last Sunday, which maybe I should pull up the Emmy winners, see what's up. Let's see if I can pull up Emmy winners 2020. Let's see, I guess I know we did, we did talk about the Emmys last year, I know that. It was, it was kind of interesting to see how they're doing it with the whole, like, COVID and stuff. Let's see here. Here we go, full list of winners. Okay, so it looks like the the Frostein drama series. Here are the winners for drama series. The nominees were like Better Call Saul, The Crown. This, I got this article from uh, CNET, I think it is. Okay, you got the list for Primetime Awards. So for Outstanding Drama, it was Better Call Saul, The Crown, The, Handsome, the Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things. And the winner was Succession. Hmm. Oh, then for outstanding supporting actress in the drama series, Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown, Lorna Dern for Big Little Lies, Julia Garner for Ozark, Fanny Newton for Westworld, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, Sarah Snook for Secession, Meryl Streep for Big Little Lies, and Samira Wilder for Hazmat Tale. Looks like Julia Garner from Ozark won for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Best Supporting Actor in the drama series. Uh, it looks like the nominees were Nicholas Braun for Succession, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Mark Duplass for The Morning Show, Gina Carlo Esposito for Better Call Saul, Matthew McFadden for Succession, Bradley Whitford for The, Hands- the Handmaid's Tale, 
Jeffrey Wright for Westworld, and Billy Kudrup won for Best Supporting Actor. Wow. And outstanding directing for a drama series was Andrik Parekh. Hopefully I'm not watching for Secession. Outstanding writing for a drama series was Jesse Armstrong for Secession. Wow, that's an interesting show. I wonder what that is. Um, outstanding lead actress in the drama series, um, Jennifer Aniston was nominated for The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Jodie Corner for Killing Eve, Laura Lene for Ozark, Sandra O oh for Killing Eve, and Zendaya for Euphoria. Zendaya won. Mm-hmm. Outstanding lead actor in the drama series, uh, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Steve Carell for The Morning Show, Brian Cox for Secession, Billy Porter for Pose, and Jeremy Strong for Secession, Jeremy Strong won. Yeah, outstanding competition program. Hmm. The Masked Singer, Nail It, RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Chef, and The Voice. And the winner was RuPaul's Drag Race. One for outstanding competition. Sweet. Outstanding limited series. Little Fires Everywhere. Miss, Mrs. America, Unbelievable, Unorthodox, and Watchmen. Watchmen won for limited series. Outstanding supporting actress in the limited series or film. Uzo Aduba from Mrs. America, Tony Collette for Unbelievable, Margot Martindale from Mrs. America, Gene Smart for Watchmen, Holland Taylor for Hollywood, and Tracy Ullman for Mrs. America, Uzo Aduba for Mrs. America. Hmm. Outstanding supporting actor in the limited series and movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yaha Abdul Mateen II for Watchmen, Giovanna Depo for Watchmen, Titus Burgess, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy vs. The Reverend, Lou Gossett Jr. for Watchmen, Dylan McDermott for Hollywood, Jim Parsons for Hollywood. It was Jaha Abdul-Mateen II for Watchmen, one for Outstanding Supporting Actor. And Outstanding Directing for a Limited Series of Film, Maria Schrader for Orthodox. Um, Outstanding Writing for the Limited Series of Film, Damien, Damon Lindelof and Cord. Right oh my god, there you go. There you go. Damien Lindoff and Corey Jefferson for Washington won for Outstanding Writing. Hey, Washington took a lot of uh, awards so far (laughs) on this list. Um, For Outstanding Lead Actor in the Limited Series or Film, Jeremy Irons was nominated for Watchmen, Hugh Jackman for Bad Education, Paul Mescal for No More People, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, and Mark Ruffalo for I Know This This Much Is True. He won that one. Mark Ruffalo won for Outstanding Lead Actor. Um, for Outstanding Actress in Limited Series of Film, Kate Blanchett for Mrs. America, Shira Haas for uh, Orthodox, Virginia King for Watchmen, Octavia Spencer for Self Made, Kerry Washington for Low Fires Everywhere, Regina King won for Watchmen. For Outstanding Variety Talk Series, David Show with Trevor Noah was nominated, Full Frontal with Sam Mantha B, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. John Oliver won the award. Uh, same comedy series. We had Curb Your Th- Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, The Good Place, Insecure, The Kaminsky, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Schitt's Creek, and What Do We Do in the Shadows? Schitt's Creek won for Outstanding Comedy Series. Outstanding Supporting Actress in the Comedy Series. Uh, we had Alex Bornstein, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Darcy Gart, Carden in The Good Place, Eddie Gilpin and Glow. Marion Hinkle, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live, Ann Murphy, Schitt's Creek, uh, Yvonne Orgier, and Insecure, Cicely Strong for Saturday Night Live, Ann Murphy for Schitt's Creek 1 for Outstanding Supporting Actress. Uh, Outstanding Supporting Actor in the Comedy Series. 
Mashashala Ali for Ramy, Alan Arkin for the Comiskey Method, Andre Bauer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Sterling K. Brown for the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, William Jackson Harper for The Good Place, Daniel Levy for Shits Creek, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kenyon Thompson for Saturday Night Live. Daniel Levy won that award. Uh, they swapped, I think. Then outstanding directing for comedy series, Daniel Levin and Andre Cividino for Shit's Creek. Man, that show's taking a lot of comedy genre, too. Yeah. Shit's Creek. Have you seen that show? No, I haven't, but I heard good things. Outstanding writing for the comedy series, Daniel Levy for Shit's Creek. Outstanding lead actor for in a comedy series, yeah, Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Don Cheeto for Black Monday. Ted Danson for The Good Place. Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method. Eugene Levy for Shits Creek. And Rami Youssef for Rami. Eugene Levy won for Lead Actor. Yeah. Outstanding Lead Actress in the Comedy Series. You got Christina Applegate for Dead to Me. Rachel Brosana for The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Linda Carlina for Dead to Me. Catherine O'Hara for Shits Creek. And Isaiah Ray for Insecure. Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Catherine O'Hara for Shits Creek won for Lead Actress. So, wow. Okay. So then, basically that show took a lot of awards. So it must be really good. <laughs> uh, and also too, we want to mention like for animated, um, Rick and Morty won for Outstanding Animated Series. They won an Emmy for it. For animated program as well. What's this great? I heard so much about that show. What network is it on? Which one? Uh, oh, it looks, it looks like it's on Netflix. Shit's Creek, yeah, it's Netflix. Everything. Network's pop and... Oh, because it's on the pop network and uh, CBC, mm-hmm. Canadian Television, okay. But I guess Netflix has the... Oh, yeah, Dan Le- Eugene Levy's Canadian. Dan Levy's his son. He's on her rights and he's on the show too. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like his family thing. Oh, and it looks like that. Also, Netflix has the rights to, for the US to stream it. Mm-hmm. And it was like number one at a point. Yeah, it's been around, yeah, six seasons, 2015. Yeah, I might have to check it out. Yeah. It's like the dad and, um. They own like this like little town called Shit's Creek. And like, they're mm-hmm. this rich family who's left on the road. And then they lost everything except they own. The only thing they have left that they own is this shitty little town, this town called Shit's Creek. And they're, since they've lived such a high-class lifestyle, they have to go back to bare bones, kind of. And they live in this small town, so they kind of get to know the town that they own. Mm-hmm. And they have to go fix it, and it's just like this hilarity ensues, because they're like, you know, rich people living in, like, humble means kind of thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's only been out for... Five years. Mm. Oh, so look at the show. Did the show end already, or just? No, it's still going. I think. Oh yeah, it says right here they're gonna. uh, Apparently, it says here. Oh yeah, so right now it's on Netflix, but looks like um right now looks like after um, pretty much sweeping the Emmys. So says Shits Creek will launch a national syndication across the U.S. broadcasting markets on September 20th. Variety has learned Lionsgate, Denbar, Mercury owns the domestic broadcasting rights of the series. So right now they're going to try to, since by the end of this month, everyone will be able to see it. 
Yeah, it says here, Viacom and CBS announced on Monday. They had the Emmys that Pop TV, Sister Network, Comedy Central will air all six seasons of Shit's Creek beginning October. Yeah, so the show didn't have the six seasons, it looks like. Mm-hmm. So this year, I'll begin seeing, airing six season, all six seasons of Shit's Creek beginning October 2nd with the ca- cable cable channel scheduling five episodes per week. Netflix was already carried the first five seasons of the series. will begin streaming the sixth and final season on October 7th. And the first five seasons of the show are currently on the CWC. With season six launching on the free service October sense from Variety, so so right now guys definitely check out that show because it's like they swept the enemies and this could be a reason why they oh yeah look at this picture yeah honestly you see a picture of Daniel Levy and Eugene Levy like yeah come on they got the same eyebrows yeah his that's it's the same yeah it's just, that's kind of cool having the father and son like you know working together on a project you know it's kind of kind of cool. So let's go ahead. We're going to take a quick um, break real quick for ad considerations. So we'll be right back for more of Talking Pop. Don't go away. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your poddex today. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise of Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash talking pop. We got Shirts, we got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on. And take care. Hey guys, and we're back. Hope you enjoyed those ads. Um, one thing we do, like this, is basically pretty much being a pop news episode, and all the gossip and stuff going on for today. Um, one thing is, I guess, um, if you're a big, if you're a wrestling fan, looks like um, WWE's. Pretty much, you know, they, right now, you know, with wrestling right now, they've been confined to just using one arena right now for their shows. And they're still keeping it alive, you know, they're saving costs on travel right now. And, of course, merchandising is keeping their, their revenue coming in. Um, one thing I just saw this article on comicbook.com that apparently they're launching a wine. And according to this article, it says, um, first two bottles featuring the Undertaker and Alta were will be Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon and Sinfidel, respectively starting to ship, and then we name after the Undertaker and the Ultimate Warrior. We start shipping on October 22nd, and you can own a piece of the merchandise. It's just like, I guess, the WWE will be teaming up with Wines, The Rock on their new venture, with Andrew Nelson going on records to partnership the creation of coming bottles and brands. As you can see, there's a picture of it. I guess this is, um, they have a website called dodywines.com, but look at the picture here, Biko, if you want to look. It's like, I guess the celebrated Undertaker's 30th anniversary and lots of warrior. Look at that. 
Yeah. So now you're gonna have a wine. <laughs> uh, this is a, this is a quote from the, the partnership. Says, "For all these bottles will look amazing and be perfect collectors and fans alike, but wanted the quality of the wine to ultimately be the real winner here." We are tickets to the mid-edition 30-barrel series. We'll use 100% premium Cabernet Sauvignon from Lodi, California, aged in oak. For Alton Warrior, we'll look into Mendocino County for a high-quality, full-bodied, and flavorful Zinfandel. Also, it's called the company's called Wines That Rock, basically. That's the company that Dodie's working with, but it's like... Okay, so I mean, you're a big wrestling fan. Obviously, if you do collect the merchandise, this is a good thing to add to your collection. Yeah. And of course, you know, when Undertaker retiring this year, it's like a good way to pay tribute to him. But it's like, I don't know, it's like, it, it, it's kind of weird, but like I said, that's the one thing that's keeping them afloat right now is like the whole merchandising and stuff. And one thing I did see, like, I want to jump topic to anime right now, um, Stu Ghibli. Decided to release, um, yeah, this article was like last week, but, uh, this article on Friday, this coming Friday, they're gonna, um, basically last Friday, they pretty much, um, Studio released an extensive gallery of screenshots of various films on his website on Friday, and those included a personalized, this is an article from Miami Anime News Network. Pretty much they published saying that the notice included a personalized, personal signed message by co-founder Toshiro Suzuki stating that the public is free to use the images for personal use within the bounds of common sense. Um, four other images of, from eight films were released from the Tales Below when the Marine was there, the tale of Princess Kaguya, the wind rises from up on Poppy Hill, the secret world of Arietti, Ponyo on the cliff by the sea, tales from Earthsea and Spirit Away. So basically, they're pretty much having you share their pictures. You can probably use their images, possibly for projects, or probably right now with everyone at home with the pandemic, use this background for your Zoom calls. So you're a big fan of the films? That's kind of cool. You know, they keep you at home and stuff, and, you know, it's pretty interesting to see that they're doing something like that, they're trying to share. And of course, um... Speaking of anime, one company that's not slowing down is Funimation because they just added a few more um, titles under its belt due to, you know, Aniplex being under the Sony umbrella and, of course, Sony only Funimation. So they had some titles today. Um, they also became the first studio to announce that they are going to stream. Funimation is going to stream Attack on Titan for the final season anime with subtitles and dub. So far, they're the first ones to come the, to announce it. I'm going to be surprised that Crunchyroll won't be too far away from announcing as well that they have the sub rights to it. But right now, Funimation is being the first. Um, they are going to do the final season of Attack on Titan. You know the manga hasn't and yet. I mean, uh, well, I'm probably behind the manga right now. I haven't got into the anime. But it looks like Crunchyroll as well is going to be streaming the service as well on sub format on their channel as well. Um... Well, I think, of course, um, if you're a fan of Fruit Baskets, um, the reboot that came out, uh, they announced that next year will be season three, and there'll be the final season for Fruit Baskets. Uh, basically, if you're not familiar with Fruit Baskets, it's like kind of like, like a so- shoujo, uh, shoujo um, anime, and pretty much, it's not bad, it's got a huge fan following, there was the original series back in 2001, this is the reboot that's been really well received, so definitely check that out. If you want to catch up for the season um, of that as well. Um, 
I do want to go and pretty much give my recommendation for anime this week. Um, I do want to recommend um, Digimon Adventure. Not the original one. You guys grew up in the late 90s. The one that got pretty much heavily edited by the US. You know, with the whole the old Digimon American theme song. This is um, Digimon Adventure, the reboot. Because you know, if you watch the films that came out recently, like in the last few years, when they're the adult Digidestin, bicultural shows on, um, on uh, the control, but... Um, Toy Animation decided to go back and pretty much do a kind of like a soft reboot on the actual on the show and pretty much make it take place in 2020. So they have their smartphones and stuff. So it takes place in the year 2020. And basically, the same plot is basically Tai Chi is in fifth grade and preparing for a summer camping trip when a large scale network malfunction occurs. Tai Chi's mother and his young sister Kari get stuck on a train that won't stop moving. And Tai Chi heads to Shibuya in order to help him. However, on the way there, he conjures a strange phenomenon and sees some rights to the digital world along with the other Digi Destin. So right now, there's like 15 episodes out right now. Um, I'm Right now, I'm at episode 11, but I'm liking it so far. I mean, they pretty much, you know... They kept the cast's original looks, um... But I know they try to make most of them either in 4th grade or 5th grade respectfully just to be around the same age group. As opposed to like they try to make it as relative to the films. Um, but it's, it's kind of cool because it's like it gets people a whole new experience to experience it. Because right now you can't really... I think um, they put back the original series on Hulu. The original Digimon series was back on Hulu because I think Stars had the rights to it. Yeah. To their streaming rights to it. But I think they finally put it back on Hulu. But right now this reboot, I kind of enjoying the reboot a little bit because... Um, I don't know, unless most of you guys grew up on the Digimon show that was on Fox, and of course it was heavily edited. The player, the characters' names were like either some were changed or shortened, and um, or given American look sounding names. And um, because of course they're trying to make it as much as Americanized as they can, like they would anime dubbing back in the day and localization. Because all rice balls were like jelly donuts, but it's like, because that's what it did. <laughs> But definitely check out the reboot. You can check it out on Crunchyroll or you have Verve. I don't know. It, I believe those are the only sources that it's available on. That I see right now that's streaming. And also if you live in Australia and New Zealand, it's under Anime Lab. Um, but definitely check it out. It's called Digimon Adventure. Uh, that's my anime pick of the week. Uh, Biko, do you have any pro-life tips? Um... I should have one. Mm-hmm. My... Okay. Free one. Right. I had one. If it would load on for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's been an acting spy today. Mm. Oh, one thing that I always, always, always preach. Value every, uh, especially now, considering that people's lives have been shaken up um, as far as the working game is concerned. Um, if COVID has, if you have been one of the numerous people in our society who have been affected with the COVID virus, um, albeit indirectly or directly, you may have lost your job, or your employer may have to lay you off, or you may have had to been fired due to, you know, business cuts, or whatever, whatever these business heads tell you at the end of the day. Um, 
one thing that always reminds me that uh, to never think, never get too comfortable. Um, a life pro tip for the, the day, let alone I feel like I want to call this life pro tip for like ever, is um, always be prepared to leave your employer because they are prepared to leave you. Essentially saying is that, ju or just like in the record business, you're only as good as your last album. That's how your jobs see you, is you're only as good as your last job. These people don't care about you. So don't ever feel like your employer is always going to second guess or always second think whether to let somebody go because it doesn't hurt them by any means. So in this case, I think in reference to say you've worked in a company for years, don't get too comfortable. Take a look around, see at the market, take a look outside the market, you know, brush up your resume, see what's out there, see what you could, what your value could bring. Um, See what other places might be offering better, you know, situations that work better for your lifestyle, you know, better benefits, more pay, or maybe you went and took a class that, you know, your, your job, your employer doesn't want to pay you more, even though you buffed up your skills and it could really benefit their business, but they don't want to see it that way. And if you don't feel like you want to go in business in yourself, but you still want to be an asset towards a company, this is one way to do it. And I think it's more or less, I feel like more power should be in the hands of the person providing a service like the worker class i want to say because we're a part of it we come from a working class family um and i think it doesn't get pushed enough i i hate this whole heads down approach you know and eventually it'll come up no you i've always been the one that just speak up on it um go against your employers and never and don't think you're too good to do anything um and never feel like you can't go ahead and, and accomplish something different that you might not have thought you had experience in this particular field, but you can bring something different to offer at the table. Um, and what I liked about reading this one, at least in the comment section, a lot of people had a similar notion. And the, with the, the gold star comment from it, uh, I really liked this. Like saying, I had an employer guilt trip, which I'm sure a lot of people go through this with their employers or if you've had in the past with shitty jobs. Um, this is coming from Candid Honeydew on Reddit. <laughs> nice name. I had an employer guilt trip me for quitting without warning, even though I put in two weeks notice and did his best to make my last two weeks as miserable po as possible. Soon after I started my new job, I get a call on my cell phone from a number I didn't recognize. This was in the olden days before telemarketing companies called cell phones. So I answered it. It was the guy he hired a month after I gave notice to replace me. Dennis said it was okay to call you since you left before you could train me. A few months later, the same kid calls me asking if I know of any jobs. Dennis had laid him off, no notice or severance package. So it just goes to show you, these people, you know, so there's there are business heads out there who are going to do whatever it takes for the business without concerning the people they've, they can burn along the way. And uh, so moral of the story is just don't be this person. Don't. Don't don't ever think that the employer is going to have your best interests because they're not. They're going to have the best interests of the company, not the best interests of the employee's concerns. Even though we all know the golden rule, you know, you treat employees good, your employees are going to want to work harder for you and, and reciprocate that. Like, it's just easy, positive affirmations, positive reinforcements, but nobody wants to follow in business because you can't. But yeah, my life pro tip. You know, always be prepared to leave the employer because they're ready to, you know, always have your shit. Always have a plan B because they, they, your employer is always going to have a plan B, C, D, E, F, G along the way. So, you know, always, always cover your back before the employer covers yours. 
Um, but yeah, kind of greedy, but I think it's good when it comes to people in Sucky's job situations or who have been affected with this COVID time. I think it's helped. I don't know. I would hope a lot of people have uh, found that if they're able to find the time to see what they like again and, and to try to be positive in that sense. Try to find some positivity in the stuff they enjoy doing, even if it's as easy as watching trashy reality TV. That's what you find pleasure <laughs> in? Fucking watch that shit. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out before we got into um, random trivia, um, I did forget to mention that who last week they released the first teaser look at the anime Animaniacs reboot. If you're not if you're not familiar with Animaniacs, um, lucky enough, Hulu has the series on there for you to check it out. Um, basically, Animaniacs was one of the biggest thing in the '90s. Uh, it was executive produced by Steven Spielberg, who pretty much oversaw a lot of um, animated programs for Warner Bros. because he had that deal with them with his company, Apple Entertainment. Um, they came out with Tying to Adventures. Of course, it launched into Animaniacs, Freakazoid, Hysteria. All these shows, he did oversee people saying, oh, he just put his name on it. No, he actually was involved in the production. If you see, like, the old documentaries or stuff behind the scenes stuff, you had the Animaniacs on DVD when you had that on DVD. They had a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. He was really hands-on with the production of the show. What's cool about Animaniacs was, yeah, it was supposed to be for kids, but there was a lot of, like, pop culture humor. Like, if you grew up in the 90s, there's a lot of pop culture references in it. There's a lot of adult jokes, adult humor, like... They try to hide in there. And sometimes even the show went meta a few times. So when Hulu years back had um, signed a green with Amblin Entertainment with Steven Spielberg to bring his programming to Hulu, such as Tying to Adventures. And it may actually get, not only the guy in Max, the original series, you got Pinky and the Brain, even the films for Tiny Toons, even the Wacko's Wishes on there. Um, Hulu was so, I guess, based on the, the positive stuff about it. Hulu went all in to say, hey, let's bring the show back. And that's what it did. So coming November 20th this year, apparently they got renewed for two, two additional seasons. So basically, this is a reboot, but basically, based on what the teaser is, the Rich Crew's back. Of course, Peaky and the Brain would be on there because ever since, you know, when Peaky and the Brain went to their own spinoff, they were no longer featured on the later episodes of Animaniacs when Peaky and the Brain got their own spinoff. But now they're actually part of the show. And, of course, they got the original voice actors, you know, Rob Paulson, Jess Harnell, Tress McNeil, Marlisa LaMarche. They're all reprising their roles. And pretty much, you know, the animation, they show, like, the first few seconds of the opening. And it looks crisp. It, like, it looks, the coloring looks more solid, but they're paying homage how they all look. But based on, like, the humor and stuff... It's going to be a lot of, like, meta humor about it. And, you know, it's going to be, like, stuff of our time. So, you know, this generation can understand. Maybe. But it looks like, um, based on the this article I found from CBR.com, it says here, Wesley Wilde, former writer, producer, and voice actor, and family guy, serves as the revival showrunner. In addition, um, Gar- Carl Farolo, a servo artist and voice actor, known for his work on Gravity Falls. Phineas and Ferb and Sanjay Craig will act as supervising director. So pretty much that's like, it says here, I started seeing Hulu tweet a sneak peek for Anime Action Revival exactly 27 years after the premiere of the original cartoon series. So it shows the behind-the-scenes stuff of, you know, the voice actors you know, in the studio. And they pretty much on the dialogue has meta humor, not wanting to be your dad's Animaniacs. And pretty much Wacko makes a joke about downloading Hootie and the Blowfish albums on Napster. So it's like, 
So it kind of shows a lot of things. So it kind of like, and right now it says they already Hulu already ordered two seasons of it. So the first season is going to come out November twentieth of this year, and with the next season coming out next year. So if you guys have time, especially right now with COVID nineteen right now, um, definitely go back and watch the old Animaniacs. Watch it just to get yourself an idea of who these characters are, why it became so popular in the nineties, and pretty much why Warner Brothers ruined it at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because honestly, but I'm glad that even Steven Spielberg said he. They said that he's having involved, like they brought him along for the reboot as well, reproducing for it. So, so I'm I'm curious to see how this is gonna be. Like based on what the teasers, check out the teaser. I think it's under Twitter right now. I think Hulu put it under like channel as well on YouTube. But definitely check out the sneak peek because, okay, we need something new coming out soon this fall. So definitely need to check out, especially the check the musical numbers. Because what was what was cool about Animaniacs, besides comedy, its meta humor, was the musical numbers. Because they had really good composers for that show, where they have really good musical numbers. A lot of the, a lot of the actors did a really good job with the singing. Because in some parts of the episodes, they had to sing, so it was almost like musical episodes as well. Especially Rob Paulson doing the Nations of the World, of course, in the nineties, <laughs> in the nineties. But hopefully, we'll get we'll see something like hope we might hope for it. We'll have something where he does a nation's role, but current. Yeah. So I know he's done it when he goes to conventions. Someone at laughing has asked him to do it. And he actually did an updated version of it. Um, and I think you have to find it on YouTube, but there's a clip of Rob Paulson doing the new version of Yakko's World with the updated countries. But definitely, and basically it's on to the tune of the Mexican hat dance, basically. it's Basically, that's the song like that basically plays along with it, but... They have some really good musical numbers on there, so definitely check it out. And like I said, it's kind of funny when they parody a lot of the celebrities at the time. And, of course, um, like I said, there's a lot of pop culture references in the OMAX, especially in the 90s. But Because that's pretty much what it did. They pretty much, it was like satire. Because the wanted kid siblings were from, like, the 40s, like, the early 40s. Like, the early times of, like, Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes and stuff. So definitely check it out. It's on Hulu right now. You can check out the old series. You can help Peaky in the Brain. You watch their show on there as well. Um, definitely check it out before just to get you guys set up or your kids right now. Like I said, pandemic right now, you guys got time. Sit down with your kids so that way they can experience your childhood. And hopefully, you guys, when November 20 rolls around, check out Animaniacs on Hulu. So, with that, I'll say that's like the last piece of news I had. Um, it's something I just came across that I forgot to mention um, last week, but. Pretty much, it was like a little article saying what you need to know. Basically, CBR had a thing where just to get people like it was like a prep thing, just like what to expect and what what's going on and everything. But so far, it looks like November twenty, like who says November twenty will be the day it's gonna be released. So we'll see how it goes on there. Um, did you do trivia last week, or I did trivia? Um, I think I did. Yeah, I think you answered last week, so I think it's my turn to answer. Mm. So you want to go ahead, Pico, and um. Get that pulled up while I explain to the folks what, what we do every week. Yeah. Um, what we do with Trio, like, it's just for me and Beagle to test our brains, pretty much. You know, we started doing this because I came across a site called randomtriviagenerator.com, which is kind of cool because it's like almost like Trivia Pursuit, but for home. So you guys can make like a game like Trivia Pursuit or something, or like just to test your brains, how much knowledge you remember and stuff. And it's like a good way to get your, like, you know, your juices flowing. Uh, we don't do it for any prize money. We just do it just to test our brains. And that's something we like to do when we do our closing segment. We still have this in our closing segment. We take turns every week. Like, I'll answer questions one week. Beagle does this. We pretty much 
take turns. Um, and that's something once we get more guests on the show, we'll probably put them through that. I think we did that with our buddy Ivan. We did that. Something trivia with him as well. Hopefully, you know, once this pandemic becomes more nicer, we'll try to get more, like, guests on the show and, you know, put them to, like, a little trivia as well. Because it kind of makes your your brain think. And it's like, oh, sometimes, you know, you knew back then, you didn't know now or something. You know, something you didn't know now. It's, you know, like I said, it's, it's like a brain teaser. Just like a workout for your brain. <laughs> Pretty much. Just to keep <laughs> our thoughts awake, you know, after watching, like, TV and shit. <laughs> So, let me know when you're ready, dude, and I'll just close my screen so I don't cheat. So, other than that, um, while Beacon's still looking for that, don't forget, um, I did, um, we got a merch store on tspeed.com, just to let you know, I did come up with some de- designs for shirts. I designed a franchise shirt and a Beacon shirt, and... Uh, my closing phrase shirt as well. We did, we find, and I also got a design made for the Popstronaut, our little mascot that's on our logo. So I'll get those designs up on Teespring soon. I just gotta make sure the images. I gotta render the images to make sure they fit and everything. So that way, if you guys order on the website, they print really well. So you should be seeing those soon. I will post that on our Facebook page as well when those shirts will be available. Windows designs will be available, so that way you guys can get a piece of the merch as well. Um, also, want to mention we do have a Patreon right now. Um, if you go to patreon.com, search for Talk Pop. Um, right now, we got three tiers right now. Um, pretty much one tier is basically um, gives you it supports the the podcast as well, and pretty much you get access to like some movie. Com- um, pretty much you give us a topic, you'll get credit for it. We'll mention your name on the air. And if you got anything you want to promote, we'll do that for you as well. But you decide the topic that you want me and Biko to discuss. That's for Tier 1. Tier 2 pretty much gives you access. Not only that, you get to choose your topic. But you also get, you know, access to our exclusive, like, promo code for our for our store. I think it's like a $5 promo code that does not expire. So you use it anytime you want. So you get that as well. And then for a third, but with that, for the second tier, um, you also get access to exclusive audio commentary. So Biko and I, when we have time, um, for our patrons, we're going to work on pretty much, you know, doing film commentaries. Like we did that Super Mario film commentary, which got really good reviews. We're going to go look through our film collections and decide what commentaries we'll do. We'll let you know. When they'll be available on Patreon for the Tier 2 subscribers. That way, when you watch a film, you want to listen to our opinions on the movie itself. While we commentate as we watch the film. That way, you guys can hear our opinions on it. And then for Tier 3, the highest one, not only you get not only topic selection, you also get access as well, the promo code for the store. But you also get commentary as well. But for the 4, you'll get a shout-out message, pretty much. Um, pretty much, um... Almost like similar to like Cameo, where you know you want you want us to record a personal message for you guys. Let's say it's somebody's birthday or somebody graduated or somebody got a new job or you know somebody had a baby and you want to hear a humorous, you know, personalized message from me and Biko, hey, we will do it for you guys. That's if you guys are like the tier three um members. So definitely check out patreon.com slash talk pop and check out those tiers. All proceeds go to support the podcast. It's time to create more additional content. 
All right, for ado, Biko, you got the tree you brought up yet, or you still? No, I haven't. Okay, cool. I'm um, ready where you are. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'll do a couple of questions. Probably like four. Four? Okay, let's go. Cool. Um, oh man, how many how many time zones does the state of Florida span? How many time zones did the state of Florida span? Oh, it would be two. Two, that is correct, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because the way Florida is, you got the eastern and central. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got that one little part of the peninsula on the, on the east side, of Florida, uh, on the west side of Florida. Who is, uh, what is the name of the reverend who appears in the cartoon series The Simpsons? Oh, it's got his full name. Oh, great. I gotta get the full... I know the last name. I forgot his full... Oh, my God. Ah. <sighs> uh, I know his last name was Lovejoy. Jeez, I don't know his full name. He probably mentioned it... He probably mentioned it in one of the episodes. Because I know he has a name plaque. But even his name plaque says Robin Lovejoy. But I... And probably his wife... Yeah, Monica, I just love Joy. It's just Lovejoy? Doesn't even have. No, his first name is Timothy. Ah! Oh, Timothy Lovejoy. Timothy Lovejoy. Um. No, it's crazy. No, that's weird. Um, what was what was the name of David Bowie's extraterrestrial glam rock alter ego? Ah, uh, mm. I know this. Ah, uh, I think I know this one. Jeez, mm. dang it! I know what it is, but I just can't say it. I I know what you're talking about, but uh, Ziggy Stardust. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, Ziggy Stardust. It's David Bowie's extra alter ego, extra extraterrestrial glam. Uh, let's see. What Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters were patterned after Ed Norton... Ed Nor- after Ed Norton from the TV series The Honeymooners. Oh, shit. Never mind. Don't read that one because I just lost it. Oh, shoot. Yeah, actually, I'll click the wrong thing. Oh, okay. Never mind. Scratch that. Okay. Including, including the end zones, how long is an NFL regulation football field? Is it 100 yards? No. Includes it includes the football and so including the end zones. So it oh, it includes the end zones. Okay. Yeah. Damn, how big is the end zone though? Yeah, I. That's interesting. Really? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, it's 120 yards. So, oh, so each end is like 10 yards yeah, each. Yeah, so each end zone expands 10 yards. 
Ah. So you just added two in the end. Yeah, to two. Because um, it's 100 yards from end zone to end zone. So yeah. guessing the line to line, not the actual end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. that's, that's an easy one. Um, <laughs> what On Saturday Night Live, from what country did the Coneheads claim to be from? Oh. On Saturday Night Live, where did, what country did the Coneheads claim to be from? Romania? Mm-hmm. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you a couple, couple chances. European, right? France. Yep. <laughs> this says country isn't European, but France. It's France. Um, and here I do the last one. Oh, this is a good song. Um, in in what was Indiana Jones' dad afraid of in the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? I know Indy was afraid of snakes. So what is his dad afraid of? Which one was it, Sean Connery? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of all the scenes in that film. Mm. It's not like Indy about snakes. It's be something else. Like bugs? Spiders? Mm-hmm. No? Hmm. No. It's uh, rats. Wow. He's afraid of rats. Rats? Which what? I don't remember that. I'm guessing it does. He says in the movie, in the scene, he says rats. He hates rats. It's been a while since I've seen that film. And it's funny, we had that on DVD, and it's like, we haven't seen that film in a long time in these series. Who played the buying character in the movie Daredevil? Ben Affleck. The weird thing about it is this never ends. Holy shit. Dude, it's just like, it's Ram Jerry Jenner, so it pulls like whatever, man. <sighs> Alright. Well, at least I did good this week. <laughs> well, I missed a few of them. But, wow. But the football field was interesting, too, because it's like, oh. So this is 120 yards, huh? Yeah, it does make your brain think. Because <laughs> just based on that. So, alright. That will do it for this week, guys. Um, Andy Biko, do you have any recommendations for TV this week? No, I haven't watched anything new, to be honest. I'm spending YouTube. Okay, guys, and, you know, like I said, uh, one more last time, um, hey, elections are coming up. Make sure to go out there and register to vote. Mm-hmm. Like I said, today is National Voter Registration Day. Um, make sure, I think me and Biko are registered right now, and definitely you guys, that's the right you got to have, and you gotta, if you want your voice to be heard, you got to go out there and vote. And like I said, do research on your candidates, you know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to sound political here, but, yeah, do your research on your candidates. Um uh, I pretty much re- recorded some ads for these charitable organizations that are pretty much trying to urge people to vote. Um, definitely listen to the ads that we put in this episode. They're really good organizations because it's all about you know helping people register to vote and getting more insight on the candidates. You know, to give them an idea of who to vote for in election day. Mm-hmm. More insight, or pretty much nonpartisan like opinions, basically, on the candidates as well. So definitely check out those organizations. For assistance, and like I said, make sure to register. And like I said, come November, just be ready for election day. Like I said, hopefully you guys are able to go out to the polls, make your decision. And we'll see how it goes in November. Um, like I said, we're still gonna be going strong as long as stuff's happening in pop culture. We'll still be there to report it, give our opinions on it. Uh, like I said, you can check out our backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, and also iHeartRadio. 
Um, check out our Facebook page at Facebook page at Facebook.com slash talking pop. Um, like I said, check out our merch store, tscreen.com slash store slash talking pop. Got all the merchandise there. Don't forget to check out our Patreon as well. And pretty much, you know, that's all I got. Be going in the last words before we sign off. Um, register to vote, educate yourselves, and make a decision that is best for you. All right. Guys, stay safe. You know, don't forget, sign for vote. As always, geek on and take care.